he's probably the greatest smelling <laughs> country artist out there. Well, we have, yeah, probably we haven't smelled him yet, um, but we'll get back to you. But he's probably the best smelling person we've interviewed. I think just from the interview, I can confidently say he's one of the best smelling artists on the market this, <laughs> as of today. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just waiting for like when he is at Joe's and it's like, hey Jacob, like shake his hand. <laughs> just like a good deep whiff, just like <laughs> his his manager's probably like, get these guys he's the like, fuck away from me. <laughs> he's like, hey Jacob, are you okay? Like, did those guys just smell you? And he's like, yeah, we had a bomb talk about it. Yeah. Anyways, shout out to Jacob Bryant for his time. It was great talking to him, and we're looking forward to seeing him perform and possibly smoke. And definitely getting a bottle of that cologne at his concert. So. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right, everybody. Enjoy the episode. What is up, humans? On today's episode of Winnie City Joes, we had a one-of-a-kind, very special guest. His name is Jacob Bryant, and on May 23rd, his song Amen is coming to radio. He'll be at Joe's on Weed Street here in Chicago on May 20th. And uh, this guy knows everything there is about fragrances, cologne, and like pretty much told me that I've been smelling bad my entire life. Uh, it was an amazing episode, and we hope you all enjoy it. You're from Jasper, Georgia, if I got that right. I had to do a lot of digging on that because you say like a small town in Georgia or other people may even get it wrong. Um, but I'm kind of curious in in high school. I know like that's roughly when music piqued your interest. But how many kids like graduated in your high school? Um, well, it, I couldn't tell you the exact number because I actually dropped out of Dickens County High School in 10th grade and went to a, a accredited Christian school so I could graduate at 16 and move to Nashville to start on music. Um, but wow. so I actually only graduated with seven people, but, uh, seven, seven. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. But, but yeah, I mean, my high school, if I had to guess probably a couple hundred. Okay. Um, cause I mean, we've, we've talked to a good amount of people now they're like, yeah, we're from a small town. It's like, well, like define your small town. Cause I think Colby Cooper's small town, the population was like 400. And then, um, I think. Jasper, I have here is like 3,800, but the fact that you graduated with seven people is definitely the lowest that we've ever talked yeah. to. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, even in this room, like you graduated with. Like, I graduated with 67. So, like, it was a pretty, pretty small high school, and you graduated with like 10,000. No, with 800, and like the, <laughs> the whole high school had about like, you know, 5,000 people in it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it- Pickens High has gotten a lot bigger now. I went and saw my one of my cousins play basketball the other day, and like they've added it. It's, I mean, when I was there, I think it was like a double A school, and now it's like five A or something. So it, it's definitely grown over the years since uh, since I was there. Well, especially with like sports, like like, like Texas high school football, like the stadiums are bigger than Soldier Field here, here in Chicago. Like it's it's unreal. Um, are you are you a huge like Georgia Bulldogs fan? Um, I never played football, so I don't I don't get into football as much as I do baseball. I'm a huge Braves fan, but I mean, yeah, I do watch dogs and stuff. It just gives me a good excuse to sit on the back porch and fire up my grill and <laughs> do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they won it last year, so congrats on the Braves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Braves are doing pretty good. I mean, we're not starting this year out as good as I'd hoped, but 
I think was. Well, you guys got a, you guys got, uh, I think a a Cunha back, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, he's starting to heat up a little bit and I think he's probably one of the best hitters in the game. So it'll take him a bit, um, after spending the whole season out, but, um, and then also the lockout, the spring training stuff being a little shorter, I think it's kind of got everybody in a little bit of a funk, but, um, yeah, that's that's my thing. Pretty much any time the Braves are on us, I'm glued to the TV or my phone or listening to it or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so going back to you moving to Nashville, I heard, correct me if I'm wrong, that you only lived in Nashville for like two years. And then yeah. you just, you decided to bounce. And like, what's interesting about that is, I mean, Nashville is like the heart and soul of country music or whatever. Um but the fact that you left, I feel like, says a lot more about you as a person. Was it was it a decision where you're like, eh, like this just isn't really kind of my vibe? Or was it I can figure out how to make music in a career like outside of Nashville? Because a lot of people stay a lot longer for two years and it's nothing wrong or anything. But I'm just curious as to why you felt like you wanted to go. Well, I mean, it, it was kind of a little bit of the perfect storm of a bunch of different things. I mean, my mom had just passed away and you know, I was dealing with some severe addiction issues at the time. I mean, I was putting back 30, 35 beers a day, plus liquor and cocaine and all stuff seven days a week. And, uh, anyway, long story short, um, I just felt like I needed to step away from music altogether, really, um, for a little while after that two year period. But I mean, to answer your question, I mean, in hindsight, yeah, I mean, it was definitely not who I was to live in a big city like that. I mean, I grew up on a three mile dirt road and a single wide trailer that I could, piss off my front porch in the middle of daylight, you know, so I, uh, I couldn't do the, the big full time. And plus I only lived three hours away. So I drive up once okay. and get work done and ride and record and things like that. So it's not like I, I'm not present there. It's just, this wasn't my thing, man. And, um, came back to Georgia and kind of got my shit together and, and, um, now everything's good. I, I run my entire business out of talking rock. Georgia's where bus call is where all the guys get on the Prevo and we, hit the road from there and we've managed to kind of build the, uh, build the thing from right here in Podunk, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Was, was it like, was it during that time or maybe even a time before where you're like, I'm absolutely not a city boy. Like I, I could not live in a big city. Um, it's not that I couldn't, I just feel like, you know, you only get one life and if you're unhappy somewhere point, you know, so I, I just, uh, I don't know, man. I, I just feel a lot more comfortable in the in the woods, and I mean, like where where we live now. We moved up to LJ, Georgia, about twenty five minutes north of Jasper, and bought a little three acre track with a pond and a creek, and can't even see a house around us. So it's it's pretty cool. I could walk to the mailbox naked, bowling it through. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the dream everybody has. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what we were just talking about, like listening to your lyrics and your music. It just it sounds like. You know, you're the kind of person that's like, all right, this isn't it. Let's go. Like, you just, you know, it is what it is. You're like, you're like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This isn't working. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't have a feel. <laughs> no. And that's like, I mean, it's great. It's yeah. great. Like, you're so authentically you and like just raw and real in your lyrics. Um, Like some artists like you, we've, we've talked to a couple that remind me of you that are just out there with their lyrics and they'll say anything and it's almost like their way of venting and like getting shit off their chest through their music would you would you say like that's kind of how your music is yeah i mean i'm i've kind of sort of tried to keep it semi-tame just because i'm a dad now and whatever and i don't want my kids (laughs) 
I mean, I love my buddy Co Wetzel, but um, yeah. I, I, I I definitely wouldn't want my daughter to be like, yeah, that's that's my dad, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> do a yeah. f bomb every other word or something. But but no, I mean, I I, uh, I cuss like a sailor outside of my music, but it was just one of those things I want to leave behind a legacy that anybody from the age of eight all the way up to the age of seventy could listen to, you know, and, um, and there's ways of saying what you're meaning to say, you know, metaphorically without necessarily getting all vulgar with it. So, um, I know obviously, uh, about your mom's passing when you were younger and, uh, I'm bringing that up because I was listening to an interview and you mentioned then how that kind of showed you, like, I'm not going to have a plan B, like I'm going to do music. Um, a, why don't you think more people have that mentality? And then B aren't, I would say you're pretty happy with your decision on just focusing on music. Yeah. Um, I would say a lot of the reason people fail is because they don't have that mentality. You know I mean? If you give yourself a plan B, you're already going to fail. I mean, because we're just wired to take the easy road, you know I mean? It's, it's much easier to do, you know, the easy way and take that, you know, route. But I don't know. It's, it's just, one of them things, man, I just wasn't scared to climb the ladder. I wasn't scared to push the boulder up the mountain because I know eventually that some bitch is going to roll off the other side and it'll, you know, it'll do its own thing. But, um, but yeah, I'm definitely happy with it. I mean, um, God's been good to me and especially after me being a freaking alien for as many years as I was. And, um, but yeah, I've been able to do music full time and have my motorcycles in a nice place and, two kids that I take care of and a wife that I can take care of financially. And it, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I couldn't make the money I make building houses like I was. So I think I made the right choice. I mean, I would say, I would yeah. say for sure. What kind of motorcycles you got? I got a 2021 street glide special that I bought in Sturgis. That was kind of funny how that happens. <laughs> I went into black Harley Davidson after a show up in Sturgis to buy my dad and myself a t-shirt walked out with a freaking $32,000 having to unload the entire trailer behind the bus with all the gear, turn the bike sideways in the front of the trailer, get load bars and then push all the gear back in and haul it back home. I got that one. My first bike that I still have that I'm putting up for my son to give him is a 06 Dyna wide line. Yeah. Nice one. Two for right now. I had three at one time. I sold it. I inherited soft to a classic that was my grandpa's, but got in a bind and had to sell it a little while back. So did you even end up buying the t-shirts? Yeah, I got t-shirts, a couple of times and a, and a bike. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I got you. So did you just walk in and you saw the bike and you're like, yeah, that's coming home with me or just. Well, I've been looking for this specific color forever and they only made a limited amount of them. It's called river rock denim. And it's like a, it, at night, it looks like matte black, but in the daytime, it's it's almost like the darkest hunter green you could ever think of, but matte with almost like gold flake in it. So it'd be like almost like that color, the darker okay. green, but it's like so matte looking that it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it'll kind of fool you. You'll think it's matte black till you get right up on it in the sun, and then you kind of see that it's like super dark green with gold flake in it. That's dope. What's, uh, like, what's the longest road trip you've gone on your bike? man i'm a bar hopper i don't go too far on okay <laughs> but which i uh i went 105 days sober and then fell off the wagon i'm actually working on getting back on the wagon for a little while now but um 
normally I'll just kind of bounce around the two or three little counties here. We'll hit a bar and have a beer and then hit another bar and have another beer and kind of bounce around like that and goof off for the day and just kind of cruise. I'm, I'm not really a uh, long trip kind of guy on them. If it was, if it was me and I was going to like Daytona beach or something, I'd a lot, a couple days where I could just drive one day and chill and <laughs> drive yeah. the next day. But I mean that like that bar hopping there with the bike and just one beer, you know, next spot. That sounds, that sounds cool. You know, that sounds amazing. Especially because yeah. uh, <clears throat> I, I imagine too, they're all, they're all dive, divey as hell bars, you know, hole in the wall spots too, where you just meet amazing characters. Oh yeah. Yeah. We got some funny ones up here. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine. Um, you haven't had caffeine in 13 years. Since 2009. That's like I know you you've had you had your like battles with addiction and all that, but like ninety nine percent of Americans are addicted to caffeine, and you're not one of them. <laughs> well, I medically had to stop because I had a heart attack from too many Red Bulls. I was working a, a, a night shift job, busting eighty pound bags of, con- or of of ice to put in these concrete trucks to keep the concrete from drying before it got to the jobs, and we would do that at nighttime. That way, when the drivers come in, the trucks already had the ice in there with the concrete or whatever, and they could make it to the job site without the concrete hardening up. And I was sitting there busting them and started getting tired, so I just started pounding Red Bulls, and I drank like six Red Bulls and a Venom in about two-hour span and ended up having a chemically-induced heart attack. So the doctor was like, you got a little bit of scarring on your heart, no moss, you're lucky you didn't die, you know? So yeah. It was weird though, back when I was addicted to cocaine and stuff, I could do a line of cocaine that long and my heart wouldn't even race, but I can drink a Coca-Cola and it's like, <laughs> Oh my God. That's that's says so much about, you know, Coca-Cola and Red Bull. Well, can you tell my uh, co-host here to quit the Red Bulls? Cause he needs to. I haven't touched a Red Bull in like uh, two months. Okay. I mean, if it's like, if it's like one or two or something, that's, that's one thing, but definitely don't do seven energy drinks in two hours. Nah, if anything, I do like one a week, but. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think anything in moderation is fine. I mean, you can eat too many Big Macs and die of a heart attack just as good as you can with Red Bull. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah that's that's good. So, when you wake up in the morning, what do you what do you drink? Water. Just God, I, I wish I had your diet. Like, I wish I could do that. Yeah, right, right. I'm literally. I got a cup of coffee sitting right next to me. I can't. Like, I just. It's just morning routine. Honestly, I woke up fine. I didn't even need it. I just. I was like, that's what I do. I go and I get coffee and then I sit down and I talk to people. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish sometimes I had it because I kind of drag ass every now and then, but it, it takes me an hour or two to get going, get a biscuit in me, and then I'm off to the races. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I get a biscuit in me and I'm like off to a nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. Like that. Um, you also have uh something that's pretty cool and distinctly like i haven't seen any ar- other artists have this in their store you sell beard oil beard balm and cologne whose idea was that and like how long i guess have has that been in the works um uh, it kind of came about because i'm what they call a frag head like i, I have over 150 bottles of different colognes and stuff like i collect okay right like but um so anyway, I've always used beard oil and I met this guy named Ron um, that owns the bearded pup and uh, he's up in Ohio and um, I really liked his products. And I was like, well, dude, why don't we 
do my own fragrance and then whatever fragrance we come up with for the cologne we make a beard old beard balm and at one time we had a pomade a shampoo conditioner like everything but we kind of noticed what was selling and what wasn't and exonate most of it and just kept the balm and oil and cologne but um anyway there's a specific fragrance called creed aventus it's about a 500 hundred dollar bottle of cologne that i wanted to like take and tweak the dna of a little bit because i really liked the way it smelled but i wanted to make it my own in a way so we took a couple different fragrance oils and added it to that dna and came up with the southern outlaw which was my first one and we like sold out of the cologne immediately and then the beard oil and beer balm started moving so then i came up with the second one which is a little bit more of like a it's exactly why i named it crowd pleaser it's a, like i would call it like a basic bitch scent where it's where it's <laughs> best shower gel and nothing unique about it but um kind of like where you see everybody wearing aqua de joe still you know but like every dude you walk by everywhere is wearing either that or dior sauvage or blue de chanel you know so like it's in that vein um and then the creed aventus is something where you walk by and you kind of like what the hell is that? It smells really good, but I don't know what the hell it is, you know? So, but yeah, that's kind of how it came about. And we partnered up and he's been making our products for a while. And then just recently, I actually partnered up with another guy that used to work for a company called Dua Fragrances. And he took that company from nothing to a $7 million fragrance business wow. five years. Um, and he's going to take over uh, 35% of my JB signature brand and kind of, move us further out of just jacob bryant and more into like putting this stuff in trader joe's duluth trading company tractor supply um you know just amp it up a bit update the packaging also probably get some better fragrance oils from different houses and things like that and kind of just uh keep moving with it. i'm a little bit of an entrepreneur i like to make sure that yeah. I, I have my finger in a bunch of different crap <laughs> no i love i love when um artists that we talk to are just like branching out into other aspects of, I guess, yeah, like entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which one do you use for stage? Do you have like a specific set of cologne when you get on stage? Um, a lot of times I'll wear that Southern outlaw just because I'm selling it at the merch table. So yeah. I mean, yeah, it would look bad probably if you didn't. <laughs> like, dude, what is that? Man? I'm like right over there. Go by, you know, but, um, <laughs> but now normally, um, like my go-to, which I, I don't ever wear the same fragrance two days in a row ever. Like I, I have so many of them, I get bored. So I just kind of swap them out here and there. But like today I was um, a little bit bored and I wore this thing called Parfums de Marley Greenly, which is probably something nobody's ever heard of. It's another like kind of high-end niche fragrance, like 400-ish a bottle. But um, but I kind of, I got hooked up in these communities, in these fragrance groups where I can like get these things like half of retail. Um, so if I don't like it, I can turn around and sell it on eBay for more than yeah. I bought so, okay <laughs> so, so you're clearly like you know everything you know a lot about fragrance probably everything can you like have i been putting on cologne wrong my entire life you spray it on the wrist rub it oh i'm wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> okay tell me like who, how do you put on cologne you don't ever rub it because it kills the molecules and it won't last but like 30 minutes and it'll be gone so like if you've ever noticed you spray it and you're like, damn, I can't smell it. And then you got to reapply, reapply, reapply kind of thing. That's why. But no, like I do one, two, three, four, five on the clothes because on the clothes, it'll last a lot longer, but sometimes I'll hit the top of my hand and then maybe my wrist too. Like I, I'm an oversprayer though. Some like, it depends on the fragrance. Like if it's kind of a weaker fragrance, I'll spray up to 18, 20 times. Wow. 
I think I just found like I'm the dude that walks through the room and the, you know the meme where the guy's got the flames coming off of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of how my fragrance does when I walk in the room. <laughs> what what else like what else outside of music are you like super passionate about? Uh golf. I golf a lot. Really? Yeah. Golf, bass fishing. Um mainly golf. <laughs> Spend a lot of money on golf. If uh if you could get a private lesson from anybody out there today who would it be uh probably dustin johnson oh okay is he, a georgia, is he a georgia guy uh, i don't think so i just think he'd be a cool dude to drink some beers with and slap <laughs> white ball around how, how many how many beers do you think is a solid amount for an 18 whole day Back when I was drinking good, a 30-pack was easy. <laughs> but no, I mean, nowadays, like like I said, I'm fixing to go back on the wagon, but I don't know about a 12-pack or something like that. Have, uh, have you ever had a hole-in-one? Never had a hole-in-one. Never had an eagle, but I've had a lot of birdies. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of double bogeys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the best round I got was 81. I'm not like some crazy good golfer, but um, I've also gotten decent enough to be like a little bit of my friend's money. <laughs> the, the, worst, the worst thing to me is when I had to pay Chipper Jones money. I got to play golf with Chipper and his dad. And, uh, you know, he's worth millions and I'm just little old me, you know, and we played a round of Wolf with him and our buddy Adam Blank and at the end of the round, I owed Chipper Jones money. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, what a cool story though. I'm like, I'm sure that was an amazing moment. We ended up giving him a pack of quarters. love it love it do you uh all right so in your life do you think do you think you've um, yeah do you think you've sprayed more cologne or lost more golf balls definitely sprayed more cologne (laughs) okay what about all right what about beers drinking total Um, i'll say 20 age 21 and after compare up two transfer trucks. Say it, say it again. It would fill up two semi trucks. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All right. So, okay. So you are a pretty good golfer. Cause if you ask me that question, I mean, I've, I've only been, I mean, I haven't seriously been golfing. I go on the course and just do what I can and literally try not to run out of golf balls that day. Right. But yeah. Like my golf ball to lost golf ball to beer drank ratio is like, I lose 10 golf balls every day. It's it's a problem. I'm fine neck and neck, but don't get me wrong. I've lost a lot of golf balls. I've <laughs> lost a lot. But, uh, yeah, I've also drank a lot of beers. <laughs> like last night alone. <laughs> Cinco de Drinco, so. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I, I might maybe on a bad day lose three balls around, something like that. Damn. I can just buy, mm-hmm. I can just buy a sleeve, and normally I, I play – three quarters of the round with one ball and then every, of course you're gonna lose at least one you know and yeah. but yeah i mean i've had bad days like that when i first started playing where i'd go through a whole thing of pro v1s and want to kill myself because it was like a 50 dollar 12 ball thing you know and yeah four dollars a ball <laughs> yeah. what what's your like i'm, I'm general i'm genuinely curious about this like, what is your, like, golf attire? Because I can't see you in, like, a polo and khakis. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I actually do wear golf clothes. I mean, I, yeah, 
always wear my regular red dirt hat just because they're big supporters of us and whatnot. But I mean, I it's black on black on black normally. I mean, I, I either wear gray gray pants with a black shirt or gray shirt with black pants and black shoes, like Alloway black with a digital camo on the back. It's got a little bit of a I don't know John Dalyish vibes to it, you know, where it's look like the black sheep out there. But <laughs> John Daly is the man. Oh, his man. his kid is going to be yeah. I mean, his kid's already awesome. Yeah, I follow him. On um, He's got a great. All right, story. so I want to get talking to you about your music. Obviously, um, Amen is coming to radio May twenty third. Mm-hmm. Was that right? Sweet, go me. Um, what does that song mean to you? And like, how pumped are you for it to be released to radio? Man, I'm super excited. It, it wasn't even in the option of being the single um, to begin with. We were going to go with either Up From The Bottom or Heartbeat. And then we started kind of reaching for feelers from program directors across the country and whatnot. And uh, Pam Newman and J.R. Hughes, who is my radio promo team, um, they did Hurricane for Luke Combs and a couple other things for Luke and did all the promo for him early on. But um they came back and was like, Hey, uh, what do you think about this? Cause this is what we're getting. And, um, I was like, well, I mean, if that's what we're hearing, let's try it, you know? And it was a song that I cut specifically because I've been through all the lyrics in it. I mean, I actually didn't write that, which is another reason why I kind of didn't want it to be the first single. I wanted to put out something that I wrote, but, um, it was one of those things where it's talking about, you know, addiction and selling your soul to the music industry. And, um, you know, leaving home and saying, screw that and coming back, you know, and mama never turning off the lights, which my mom had, had passed, but the metaphor was still true. And, um, it was, uh, I don't know, man, it was just one of those, I think people needed to hear. And it's also different than anything on the, at least country radio right now, because it's got that little bit of, uh, uh, Southern rock twang to it. But, um, I'm stoked about it. I hope radio, you know, gets behind it and actually gives it a chance. Cause I, like I said, it is way different than anything on the radio. Um, but it's also, I think commercial enough to where it rides that line a little bit like a Eric church or, you know, Luke does or, or whatever. So we'll, we'll see, man. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm a fan of the song and I think it's going to do amazing on radio. Cause it is, it's just uniquely you and it is different than what's out there today. And it's, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I love it. I love it. I'm a fan. <clears throat> Hell yeah. Shocking, bro. <laughs> Shocking, bro. Um, all right. So you are currently on the Barstool Preacher Tour, and you're coming to Joe's on Weed Street here in Chicago on May 20th. A, what do you know about Joe's on Weed Street? And B, like, what do you have to say to the fans that are going to be there on May 20th? It's one of my favorite venues to play ever. Um, first time I ever played there, we were there with Cody Johnson, buddy of mine. And- um, this is before he got mega huge, you know, and, um, came back and played a couple more shows there as well. But, um, I mean, if, if anybody's been to Chicago and they haven't been there, I would say you've got to go check out Joe's. I mean, it's in my opinion, outside of the other Joe's at Rosemont, it's probably the best music venue in Chicago. So, um, yeah, I mean, and it's going to be a freaking hell raising country rock show. So at the, it's if you're into uh, a little bit, a little bit of something different, not your mainstream country hip hop thing. Come see us. Absolutely. Uh, we are definitely looking forward to that. Is Cologne going to be on sale at site? It will be. 
Oh, I'm getting a bottle. We yeah, I, get I'm going to get a bottle. I collect it. You know, I, yeah, I, you do. You I are. literally like you open up my closet and it's like just a giant shelf. of Wish I was there and I'd show you my little. I actually had my wife's uncle build me a huge shelf when you open my closet because there's like four shelves about 18 inches deep and they're packed to the gill and every one of them. Wow, that's the dream. <laughs> that's my dream. At least. I don't know if it's anybody else's, but yeah, we're freaking weird, bro. I mean, uh, who else gets addicted to cologne? You know, <laughs> right? But I mean, like, there's some I've like got and I'll never wear again because I'm like, um, I sprayed it, you know, like enough, and I'm like, okay, you know, and then I'm like, I outgrow the smell, so now I just have them, and like, okay, now my buddies are in town, we're growing out. I'm like, oh yeah, grab some, like, grab whatever you want. Look, like, got, got Gucci pour on too. Let me know because I'm looking for it because it's discontinued and it's one of my favorite ones. No, I don't have that one, so I will let you know if I find a bottle though. It's like it's going for like seven hundred bucks on eBay right now, and it was like oh my god, oh, man. eight bucks when it was in Ulta or wherever. Yeah, <laughs> what, what was the name of the Gucci? Gucci Pour Home Two. All right, I don't know if they have that at TJ Maxx, <laughs> but I'll look because <laughs> that's usually where I go for my cologne. Uh, all right, uh, last cologne question: um, How many do you bring on the road? Like, if you're going on tour. Do you have to like? Do you really have to look at your selection and be like, "All right, like, who's well, my favorite this time?" I pick. I pick based upon the weather too. Like, if I was headed up north and it was going to be cold, I wear warmer, spicier stuff. Or if I'm headed to Florida, of course, it'd be fresher, cleaner, like citrusy type stuff. But like we did Fort Myers and Texas and a couple like in a row, and they were all kind of warm. So I grabbed like Versace, Mano Fresh. Um, trying to think of another one I brought on that one. Um, Blue de Chanel Parfum. Um, the new, they came out with a new Aqua de Joe EDP, which is like a reformulated, stronger version of the original. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on the weather and how many shows I got or whatever. But I don't know. Sometimes it could be eight or 10, or sometimes it'd be two or three. Oh my God. Okay. So, like, all right. May, now maybe it's the last clone question. Uh, <laughs> what. <laughs> I'm just so it's like this is amazing. Uh well, I also learned that I've been putting on cologne wrong, and that probably explains my love life. Anyways, um what's like the Michael Jordan of cologne right now? Like the top? Yeah, like who's who's everybody trying to beat? Um, I mean the top seller probably right now is Dior Sauvage, but I mean, like I said, it's kind of like Aqua de Joe where you're gonna walk by. 15 dudes and eight out of the 15 are going to be wearing it. So like, I don't wear stuff like that a whole lot. Cause I like to be different, but um, I don't know. I mean, between Creed Aventus, Vaj and like blue de Chanel, that's your top, top three pulling kind of like, you can't go wrong. Chicks are going to like it. Dudes are going to like it, whatever. You know, it's, that's your top three. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Jacob Bryant, it's been amazing talking to you. We are looking forward to seeing you at Joe's. Um, and smelling you, not in the weird way. <laughs> um, All right, but yeah, fun. man, thank you so much for your time. He'll be at Joe's on Weed Street Friday, May twentieth. You can get tickets at joesbar.com. And yeah, thanks again, man. Absolutely, thank you, guys.